0: Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your host Steven, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or send emails to FreelancerCodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins, and let's drop in.
1: welcome freelancers to episode 45 of the freelancer codex podcast i am your host steve along with my two co-hosts that are here with me today jd and devin guys i want to get to know you a little bit better so i need to know and you need to tell me this is a very important question your favorite breakfast cereal jd
0: um yeah i'm gonna say oreo o's um they recently came back to uh, to the united states they went away for like a decade but Used to love them are they just mini are they they're just happy. mini oreos uh, not they are? quite it's more like uh it like imagine like uh not necessarily like the taste of oreos like they're kind of close to the taste of oreos but it's more like a oreos in the in the, the same style as are, apple jacks
1: oh i got you so they taste like those like the uh what is it, the off brand oreo that you get that comes in the package with the uh, with little, the uh vanilla oreos maybe, also i don't know
0: they're, they're really they're good.
1: Right. If, All right, if, if I believe it. If, or at least I, I like them. I like them a lot. What, what's the Oreos mascot? Did Oreos have a mascot? It was probably a dog, right? Most breakfast cereal mascots are animals. Um,
0: I think I think the mascots of Oreos is just regular old Oreos. See, there's a regular old Oreo on the back of the box right here.
2: Not a sponsor. <laughs>
0: oh, not, not 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 sponsored.
1: But hey, if you want to be. All right, fair All right, Devin, you have a favorite uh, breakfast cereal? You probably don't eat breakfast. You're weird like that.
0: I eat breakfast. I
2: eat a breakfast burrito. No. <laughs> um, uh, for cereals, there's a couple different ones I like. Uh, I'm a fan of the Rice Chex or Corn Chex. Um, I like Crispex, where they, they combine the two, uh, and their powers shall be greater. No. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, my favorite one would be... I always confuse the name. Uh, it's, it's not Golden Grams. Uh, Golden... Uh, I always, it's got a frog on it.
1: Yeah, the Smacks. Smacks, yes. All right. I always nice get the names and, confused. Nice and I, sugar loaded. I think
2: of that plus another one.
1: <laughs> I gotcha. I have to go with the good sugar old-fashioned spice. honeycomb. I could probably eat bowls and bowls of that stuff, but I probably shouldn't because, you know, cereal's not the best thing for you, but... No. <sighs> got to take it away from me or else i'll eat the whole box in one sitting guys this is episode 45 of the freelancer codex podcast there are only 226 days remaining until the release of anthem there's only 219 days remaining if you get it through origin access so you get to play it 10 days early i believe you get to play it 10 days earlier right seven days seven days so it's seven days and you get to play it for 10 hours or is that just for the for the, uh, uh, so
2: if you just have regular Origin, you can play it for 10 hours. But on PC, if you have Origin Access Premier, unlimited time.
1: Unlimited time, so you get seven days ahead of console players if you are playing on yep. PC. That's like that's a lot of time. In our day and age where there. people will probably jump on, burn through this thing as much as they can, That is that's a lot of time to be ahead of the game. I imagine people no, like dreaming streaming it TV. for that long while <laughs> console players are like, why can we not have access to this right now? I
0: mean...
2: We'll be watching our streams. Steven I mean, I... and I will be there. JD will be like, what the crap?
0: <laughs> I, I I wish I was more of a PC gamer, but uh, I, you, you, you can't make a fish fly, dude. You, Technically. There are time and fish. If you try hard enough, you could. You could. Uh, You can't. Okay,
1: that that went to a place. So I want to know, like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I want to know your feelings on being able to get it seven days early, unlimited play. I mean, are you guys down with the idea that there's one segment of the player base that would be playing seven days early? Um, Mm -hmm. So, so you are down with that?
2: (laughs) I'm fine with it because I'm going to be one of those players that's playing early. Okay. I'm, I mean, it's gonna. It's not. Doesn't come cheap. You know, you get Origin Access Premier for PC costs $100 a hundred dollars. Yeah, year.
1: that's that's cheap because you get a game and you're gonna get access to yeah. all the other but, games. I mean, so it's not like.
2: It's... Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, you know, before I'm I was planning on buying Battlefield Five and Anthem, anyways, on PC and Origin Access Premier gives me both of those and it costs, uh, you know, twenty dollars cheaper just for the minimum. But we get the best versions of both of them. Uh, on Origin access, Premiere, so you get the best version of every game they put on there. So, you know, you have also Anthem and FIFA, a uh, cu- couple of other first party titles, plus access to like over a hundred different PC games. So,
1: I guess I, I guess I really don't like the idea of you know this because we we have the big three. I guess it's not. I guess, I don't know if they count PC as PC players. They count themselves above everyone else. So you have Microsoft and you got Sony that have to wait the seven days. Like with the deal that um, Destiny made with with Sony, that they have you know year long exclusivity. They got the um, I believe they got the alpha first, right? They went alpha on on yeah. Xbox Sony. didn't have
2: an alpha. They right. only had they only got into the beta.
1: So as someone that had the beta for like
0: less like one week less than it was PS4, like a,
1: it was like so. a day less or something like that, right? Anyway, so it, I actually don't like the idea that if you pay a hundred dollars. If you have a pc if those two things align that you get seven days access before everyone else you know it's always kind of cool when people jump in together at the same time and are able to discover things at the same time because right now with um with streaming and the as as big as streaming is right now i mean that information is going to be out and if i was a console player only that would be really hard for me to not go spoil myself (laughs) Self-control to, Self to see control. how the game is, to see what's going on in the game. Because I would, I, I mean, that's got to be a huge temptation. JD, as someone who's not going to be playing on the PC, are you going to be watching streams before you are actually able to play the game? Because potentially you could see the the game in its entirety in seven days.
0: Uh I mean, maybe. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, say. You know, yes or no, because all things that circumstances change, and you know, like if you two, like if either of you two, you know, stream uh, Anthem during that first week, like, and I'm not doing anything at the moment, like I'm not at work or, or something like that, then yeah, I'm gonna watch your, I'm gonna watch your stream because you know it's like oh yeah, you know, support your boys, but, uh, it's probably not. I don't, I don't want to have the story, you know, ruined for me uh, necessarily, and you know. I mean, it is always a little different with uh, watching Bioware games because the whole thing is that you're presented with choices, and you know you could choose things that I won't choose when I go through and play. So, but overall, it doesn't really bother me that people can play it seven days early. It's it's something. It's a, it's a nice thing to have. Um, sometimes it works in favor of the developers in the game. You know, it didn't work too well in the favor of uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. But that that's was a, a different thing. game, different time, and let's hope, you know, nothing similar happens with Anthem because that would that would be bad. And I, I
1: mean really so the origin access, that the what is it, the pre, premium or premiere? What are they called? yeah. So the, the so regular Premier. one you can
2: still get ten days early access, but it's or seven days, but it's only and, ten hours. And
1: potentially that's something that they could bring to to the console. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know why they would Sony wouldn't. says no, we
2: don't want origin Xs. So,
1: right, they don't want it, which is fine, but I don't know. I I would just I just want everyone to be able to jump in and start playing at the same time so they can experience um, jumping in together. That's all. Otherwise, yeah. there's just going to be people that are maybe just the PC crew is just going to be miles and miles ahead of everyone figuring stuff out and then console players will be like, "Oh, the PC guys do it this way, so let's do it that way." So, yeah. It'll be interesting fine. indeed it's tough yeah so it is tough so next thing speaking of speaking of tough we actually have a little bit of a lore bit that i guess i missed because this lore bit that talks about general helena tarsis was posted on the ea um pre-order site but it wasn't on the bioware pre-order site
0: yeah
1: which is kind of which is kind of interesting that the two websites have some different information so if people haven't heard I didn't so I'm assuming there are some people that haven't heard about General Helena Tarsis and they're wondering who this person is there's a little blurb of her so I will read that real quick so this is from the EA pre-order page for Anthem it says constructing the javelin is the crowning achievement of humanity dating back to the first javelin creators the Legion of Dawn in the darkest chapter of humanity's history it was the Legion of Dawn who brought us into the light commanded by the legendary general helena tarsis the legion of dawn were the first javelin pilots and many say the greatest from the seeds of their skill and courage bloomed an entire civilization their protection allowed for the construction of fortified settlements safe from the corruption and danger of the outside world so that's a quick little blurb of the legion of dawn we get a little bit of backstory we get some information on who the leader was so general helena tarsis was a legendary general um, The name is probably familiar because Fort Tarsus was named after her We went for some clarification and talked with John Warner on Twitter And we asked if Helena was actually the founder And his answer wasn't like 100% clear that she was But the fort is for sure named after her um, So have you guys heard this? Did you read this before? Or is this new? was it new to you as it was new to me?
2: No, yeah, I read it before and, uh, <clears throat> I thought I sent it over to you guys, but uh, apparently I, I you never just did. kept all
1: the so. information to yourself and you weren't going <laughs> to tell anybody. Is that what was going on here?
2: It was a busy yeah. week. It, it was that first week we got back after uh EA Play, and we were just, you know, trying to get everything together, round it all up. So we were trying to get some content out. And I mean, the Reddit was going a mile a minute, and, uh, that's where I saw it, but uh, well, I thought I it was some, some I don't cool frequent lore,
1: the Reddit, so, so. I guess I, I I, yeah. I'll just get the information from you. JD, had you heard this before? Was this <laughs> news to you as it was news to me?
0: It was kind of news to me. Kind of news? Um, How like, can it be that... kind of news? <laughs> Well, because like we like, I had already I had already read some stuff about the the Legion of Dawn, like because of the pre order information. But the the pre order the pre order information that I saw didn't go that deep. Like it didn't mention you know names. It didn't mention that the Legion of Dawn. So what you're was, saying was uh... it's news to you?
2: <laughs> it was. Can I lose of you,
1: JD? Are you there? Do we lose connection? <laughs> no, no, JD. no. Um, no yeah.
2: Carry on. Oh, Sorry, I, I didn't
0: mean
1: to derail you, JD. Carry on.
0: And I mean, you know, it's just uh, like I didn't know that they were necessarily the first people to use javelins or the first people to make javelins. I didn't know that their leader uh, was the uh, was the you know the namesake of Fort Tarsus. Didn't know that, but like there was there was information out there uh, since like EA Play saying that. Oh yeah, like they're uh, they're named after the Legion of Dawn. Um, and we weren't really sure who those guys were. Like they like their designs were the pre-order bonuses, and that's where the information more or less ended in regards to that. So it's like, oh, who's the Legion of Dawn? Well, there's also that area on the map called the Fortress of Dawn. Hmm, I wonder what that has to do with each other. You know, and that does make me that does beg the question, at least in my mind, like if the Fortress of Dawn on the map, if we have a Fort Tarsus and a Fortress of Dawn, like what what's the distinction between the two is it another fort that we can use or is it a long since abandoned area that belonged to the legion of dawn and the first freelancers
1: yeah and why is so. there this separation there and, and it is very possible that it is like you said maybe at the fort or the fortress of dawn is where they went after they found it because it sounds like um, these are the first creators of the javelin, so I imagine they were a group of people trying to figure out how they could actually defend themselves from this planet that is actively trying to murder them, so they created the javelins, fended it off, they created pockets of humanity that could actually survive in the world by defending them, they became the greatest and the brightest uh, beacons of hope for these people, and then maybe they branched out and... You know, there's a lot of information, and like you said, this does open up a lot of questions, which I think is really good in a lore sense. Is that there are questions, there are thought-provoking instances that that we kind of glean from this information. Um, as we've heard them talk about the javelins that they're handcrafted, they're passed down generation to generation. I imagine that maybe we'll be able to find some of these first javelins created by the Legion of Dawn, maybe in the game, maybe weapons that they used things that we're actually going to be able to use in game so and it just kind of opens up the world more so hey this is the world that was lived in these were people that fought for people in the past so i think it's going to be really interesting i hope we learn a lot more about um helena tarsis i mean i the whole first the 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 founding of the fort the defending of the people the creating the javelins that would make a great novel right I mean, that would yeah. be a book we would all go out and oh, read totally. over and
0: over again. I would, I would buy that novel slash comic book or audio book. Oh yeah, you buy all
1: the books. You buy them in all formats. And speaking <laughs> of books. and speaking of books, we have an announcement that they are going to create the Art of Anthem book. Um, I think they are partnering up with uh, Dark Horse. Who has yep. produced a lot of other um, "The Art of" um, insert game here um, books? So this is just a blurb from. Sorry, I was really distracted. My wife is watching a soccer game. She was making she was she was making excited noises. So from the studio <laughs> behind the hit franchise Dragon Age and Mass Effect comes a thrilling world of Anthem. Dark Horse Books and Bioware are proud to present "The Art of Anthem," showcasing the grandeur and beauty of the dangerous new world. Filled with behind-the-scenes looks at four years of game production, original concept art, and exclusive commentary from developers, The Art of Anthem is a fantastic addition to any gamer fan's bookshelf. So on a level of one to excited, where are you guys at for, for art books?
2: I like them. I collect them. Yeah. I, I usually get them. Uh, they've had a couple for Halo when their games have come out, and uh, they're pretty nice. So. JD are
1: you a connoisseur of the art books
0: uh it, it depends on the game um, I have to really like a game to get an art book um, I never I never got one for um, I don't think they ever really had one for any of the previous Mass effects or Dragon Age I, I think I think there was one included with the Mass Effect 3 collector's edition but I might be misremembering that but I mean I I, I get them if they're available you know like I think I have one for uh, Persona 5 because I really like the art style in that game, and I would love to have... I wanted to look through the uh, concept art of everything. I would get one for Anthem, though, definitely.
1: And I think I've been on record saying that this is something that we needed from the very first episodes that we put on, that we need books, we need concept art. The concept art of the game that they've shown off is pretty amazing, so... Yep, I've already pre-ordered mine. You can go to Amazon. You can get these things pre-ordered now. They ship on the 26th, a couple days after <coughs> Anthem comes out. I'm guessing there's going to be spoilers in the book. Um, so for that reason, they probably ship after the game is launched. So Is the
2: pre-order up? I thought it was just an email to remind us.
1: Nope, uh, the pre-order, pre-order is up and it is working and you're able to get it clicked and Amazon will ship it out to you on the 26th or it'll get to you on the 26th. So you can get in there, get in that link, get that thing pre-ordered. We'll probably do a couple of giveaways and give some away. So, Mm -hmm. because that's always exciting. All right. And that has kind of been some of the news that has been going around. Last week, right after we recorded... Um, first, we got the we got the 20 minute demo that we saw at EA Play. We got to talk about that a bunch and then a couple days after that, they released an AMA where John and Mark were able to actually walk through the video. I think they did it about three times, just kind of commenting on what was happening in the demo. They were talking about, you know, a couple of things that they were doing, things that they were trying. They were answering questions from Twitch and from Facebook and from Twitter and from all over the place. They told us multiple times that, yes, you can turn the damage numbers off. I don't know why you would want to, but you'll be able to turn the damage numbers off. She so, cray-cray. I think the—what?
2: Because you're crazy. Cray-cray.
1: Oh, I, <laughs> this young lingo, I don't understand. So they answered that question a bunch. I think that's probably their most, their most asked question, if they could turn that off. So I kind of wanted to go over the AMA and pick out anything that we did not know or new information that they actually gave uh, to us. So just kind of going off of I, I wrote down a bunch of notes as I was watching this thing, and one thing that Mark calls the different looking Colossus that Scylla is piloting, he said that that Colossus has a bunch of different bit packs. So I'm guessing that's kind of the nomenclature that they're going to be using for the different items that we can buy um, with real money. They're they're going to be called bit packs. Is that kind of the the feeling that you guys got from that? Yeah good i like it
2: that's what that's what i understood it to be so
1: all right just wanted to make sure i wasn't going crazy here also the dominion is the primary enemy from the story perspective and they want to dominate the technology to take over the world so this is kind of a very basic um, main bad guy goal is to take over the world i hope it's Every time the bad guy wants to take over the world, like always imagine Lion King, you know, where Scar finally takes over uh, Pride Rock and it just kind of sucks and he doesn't, like, make anything better. It's not like Mufasa was or he was doing a bad job, but Scar comes in and he's just kind of, oh, now it's worse than it was. So hopefully that our bad guys have um, motivations that aren't just we want to take it because of power because that storyline seems always kind of... uh, it seems kind of boring that they just want to take over just to take over. So hopefully there's some good motivations in there to make it interesting. So, and then what else? What else did we hear about? Did you guys have anything that that really stuck out to you before I just read down this whole thing?
2: Yeah. No. So, uh, go ahead, JD. You go ahead.
0: Well, um, just a couple of things um, that uh, I found here on my notes. Uh, Fay is another cipher. Uh, they did say that. Um, so there, it could be. Either uh, Faye or Owen in the cipher seat uh, in the Strider. Um, the other one is um, you cannot use the premium currency to buy any materials. That was kind of a that was kind of a big question that people were like, okay, well if you can't pay for power, are they kind of doing it in an indirect way where you can buy materials that you can then use to craft items that would then give you additional power? And they're like, no, you can't buy materials like that. Um,
2: and even when you can buy them, right, you can only buy a small amount from vendors with the in-game currency. So
1: yeah. so, we're not, so there's not going to be endless supplies of materials then?
2: Nope, got to go find them. All gotta, right,
1: got to go grind it out. I don't like that word, grind. So there was one thing that, that they were talking about as they were putting the the Echoes, the Shaper Echoes. Is that what they're called, Shaper Echoes? the yes okay, so as they were putting the shaper echoes into the shaper interface, they were talking about cymatics and how it's gonna be a recurring theme how we're trying to silence the relic um th- w- using these echoes so they started they started talking about cymatics in it and it made me kind of dive deep into the topic a little bit um so first of all for those of so those of us that don't know what cymatics are, it's uh. So this is just the definition, right? Cymatics is from Greek, meaning wave, is a subset of module vibration phenomenon. The term was coined by Hans Jenny, a Swiss follower of the philosophical school known as anthrosophy. Typically, the surface of a plate, diaphragm, or membrane is vibrated, and regions of maximum and minimum displacement are made visible in a thin coating of particles, paste, or liquid. So as they were talking about this, it kind of triggered a memory, if anyone has ever read the Stormlight Archives by Brandon Sanderson, they talk about this um, being used in their world building. So, real quick, I had a couple of pictures of this. I'm going to pull these up here. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're watching on Mixer, you'll be able to see these. Right now, I have a picture of uh, a stand in for Mike since Mike is traveling and he will not be back until a couple more days. So, Cymatics, um, it happens a lot when you put like sand or something on a plate, and then if you put tone or if you drag a violin bow across the side of it the way that the waves move actually move the sand into patterns that match. So as I was thinking about this I was thinking of you know is this is if this is a theme that's gonna be portrayed in Anthem what's its purpose and why is that the focus and we have seen that the Shaper relics they look like speakers um, the interface looks like there's liquid that's being vibrated through um, there's a vibration that you can see here in the picture that we have up that as our player goes up to it there's a couple of tendrils or spikes that look like they are constantly in flux and then there's a pool of liquid underneath it that looks like it's vibrating so that's the theme that's going to be playing also so it got me thinking as I was listening to the, uh, it's the, it's the 20, what is it? It's the EA Play. So it wasn't, was it like the panel that they had right before? I guess it was during the conference. They had a, path, a panel with Kathleen. I forget her last name. But she has a weird last name. Starts with an R um, and I can't pronounce it. So she talked about that there was going to be a lot of changes made to the world, made by the storm and made by seasons. So I was wondering if this is an... If this is where they're going to go and they're going to make a lot of changes to the world, like every season there's going to be like these cymatic events that actually change the face of the world so that it's going to be no, something so, different? So
2: Jonathan Warner already said, no, there's it's not going to change the geometry. So Because, I mean, the, the whole thing they talked about was they want us to be able to know the the terrain and everything and be able to master it. So, I mean, with those seasons and storms, it might change maybe the way the shaper artifacts react to everything and maybe change a few of those things. But I I don't know that – I mean, they say change, but it's not like a physical change or, or geometrical change in the world because they've already said that, you know, that's that's not going to happen. So it's, it's confusing because they keep saying it, that it's going to change everything. But then they say, no, it doesn't change the geometry, you know, so <laughs> – um, so
1: it's changing without changing because that, that I guess that blows my whole theory because my idea was, that, I mean, that, you know, every time they have a season every four months, you know, they can actually change physically the map that will actually change things up, keep the game fresh, keep people coming back. Yeah. And there's a lore reason why that would make sense. So if that's not the yeah. case, then I guess I no, wasted it, all my it, time. It, I thought th- we
2: talked about it like a couple episodes ago.
1: I guess Maybe. I don't remember. We've talked about a lot of things. It is episode forty-five, so who knows what we have talked about, and what we speculated on. Yeah. So, because no, I mean, they, that's
2: what we talked about before. But they really said they want us to be able to be masters of the train, you know, to be able to go and do things. And what's going to change is what happens within it, you know. Like he talked about <clears throat> one day there could be, you know, a herd of or a mass migration of some creatures across the world or whatever across the map or there's a shaper storm with all kinds of stuff going on in it, but it's not going to change. Um,
1: it's not going to you know, change the, the physical the geometry of, of <clears throat> the world that we're But, in. I
2: mean, they have been talking about that with the devs on, on uh, Discord where they're talking about, uh, you know, doing strongholds where things change like after storms, you know. Like they're saying, oh, if it's a big rainstorm, maybe some of the areas could be flooded and you can't access certain areas or, or, or different kind of things. And, it's definitely stuff that they're looking at, but it's not very practical um, to always be changing the geometry all the time. But um, I mean, that, I know that's something we've talked about a lot was the changing geometry. Maybe that's what the shaper storm does. I mean, we still don't know what the shaper storm does, right? right. So, um,
1: so is, I mean, yeah. and they want us to master the terrain. I mean, what? So are they they just want us to master flight because when you say master terrain I'm like, well, what does that actually mean? Just yeah. oh, I remember that there's a rock here that I need to stand on this rock or
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean that's what I had interpreted it as like, okay, I know how to get through this. I can fly through here. I can go through all this stuff and <clears throat> the enemies aren't going to always be this, be in the same place as what what he was kind of, you know, he gave the example of, oh, you know, if you fly over this waterfall, there's not going to be the same three enemies waiting for you at the bottom of it or over here. Uh, so whenever you play, it's going to be a little bit different and it's going to change uh, based upon what's going on in the world. So, I mean, they, they give us examples, but it doesn't, it's not clear enough to you
1: first know. To decipher anything or figure out exactly what they're saying. Cause yeah you want to master the terrain it's like oh, i don't know i guess you're just going to be flying around most of the time anyway so anyway jd do you have any experience mastering terrain
0: i mean i was a <laughs> i was a boy scout
1: fair enough so you have experience Excellent. you can use the compass you can be able to figure all that stuff out so anyway so move i on. wasn't a very good boy scout did you get lost a lot so, Devin, you, you had a picture up here of something that you wanted to talk about <laughs> that you were noticing as you were going through your video review of the, yeah. uh, of the gameplay trailer. Are you trailer. put
2: it up on yours or you want me to put it up on mine?
1: Let me see. I can put it up right here. I've got the technology and the click.
2: technology. Nope, that, that
1: didn't much. work. Maybe my technology is broken.
2: <laughs> That's sort of the one. Yeah. That's the but, same one. So it's just zoomed in. It's the one. He just cropped it and stuff. But, yeah, so when I was going through, uh, actually, so a, re- a Reddit user, I just forgot their name. Um, I So I had found this, and then I looked back through Reddit, you know, because you, before you post things, you should actually, like, you know, look it up to see if it's already a topic, but... It's just something new for a lot of people on the internet. Like using
1: the search <laughs> function—is that what you're talking yeah. about?
2: What? Search and see if somebody already posted something about this.
1: Or giving credit to people uh, for yeah. Anyway,
2: <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So what I saw is you know this is on a legendary uh, scar shield, and to me it looks like an insect, right? I mean, it looks like there's two eyes, uh, you know, and some antenna coming off it up the top. And, I mean, it definitely, to me, looks like some kind of insect. And uh, I just thought it was really cool. And so I I was like, hey, check this out. What do you think? And, uh, I mean, the people on Reddit, they say the same thing when I found the topic from five days ago or whatever it was. Um, They're like, yeah, it kind of looks like an insect. And, uh, obviously, since the scar are related to, are more insect than humans. And, you know, uh, even what's Mark during the Ask Me Almost Anything About Anthem, he's like, they look like they're humanoid, but they're not humanoid, and so I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, that's what they—that's what their shape looks like, but I mean, what do what do they look like under all their armor? And you know, is—is is that what they look like? Yeah. It definitely what do you think, look- JD? I, mean, I
0: don't know. I mean, like if you if you're thinking about insects and everything like that, I mean, it could be that this is either. Uh, part of one, or maybe it's uh, it might be what they look like when they're younger, or something. I mean, if it's if they're related to insects in any way, they could have a larval state, they could have you know, or something before like they metamorphose into um, into scars as we know them, or maybe that's what they were before the shaper technology goes. I mean, it could even be a situation where. You know, like, they look like this, and then because, you know, the scars have some kind of connection to the shape or technology or they use it to some extent, they actually have, like, some kind of, like, ritualistic transformation from that into a scar. And it's kind of, like, part of their culture or something like that, you know, like an ascension ceremony or something. I don't know. I'm spitballing here.
1: Well, I think this is actually (laughs) – it's actually a silhouette of a scar.
2: That's what I – yeah, that's what
0: I think it is.
1: Yeah, so there's, like, right over there on the right, you can see kind of the shoulder outline, someone standing up. Mm -hmm. There's the head of it. Looks like it's got, you know, you know the face of a bee, it's got those fuzzy little things like...
2: Or grasshopper?
1: Or grasshopper. It's got the things that come down. That's what it looks like. So I think this is actually a, a scar. I guess my thought was, like, what is this? A leader of the scar? Is this, you know, the scars need to paint, like, propaganda to get other scars to join their cause? Because when you think insect, you automatically think hive mind. Um, they've even mentioned the term hives that they, that they build these hives and they conjugate around. But is it something Mm -hmm. where they're all controlled by one person? Do they have their own ability to think and to do other things? I imagine they do because it it wasn't like you were being swarmed by these guys. It looked like they're using different tactics to attack you. So, yeah. yeah, And you're right. Maybe they do start in a lava state, JD, and that's really gross.
2: So, I mean, they did say, like, the Scar are the constant enemy, you know, along with the uh, creatures in the world, they're the constant enemy that you fight, where, you know, the, as you said before, like the Dominion are the story enemy that that we fight in the game. So the Scar are going to be there everywhere, all over the planet, everywhere you go, along with the yeah. creatures that are out there to eat you. There's always
1: <laughs> going to be bugs. And they say everything in, in Anthem is ten times bigger than the humans are. So if you imagine all the bugs that we have in our world just ten times bigger, that's a place I would not want to live either. So, So nope. we did get to nope. see...
2: Nope. <laughs> I should have put the, a picture on here when I was looking through the video. Uh, one of the frames had this huge butterfly that was just bigger than the size of the Colossus head.
1: Oh, <laughs> just because of the way it was shot?
2: It was so close to the camera, but back, it could be. You never know. It like, flew behind it. So.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> it's, Mark it's, did say the Strongholds are going to be about 35 to 45-minute experience. So they're not the longest um, end game content. They haven't talked about that yet. Is that on but...
2: normal or hard? Or? Um.
1: I don't know. I guess it depends on how good you are. I mean, eventually you play it enough. You could probably, if you're doing that on hard in 35 minutes, 30 minutes, and usually developers tend to overestimate how long it takes us to do things when they tell us it's going to take us really long time, and you beat it super quick, just because there's a lot of us and we have a lot of we're able to play test a lot of things faster than a group of 200, 300 people. So,
2: what I like that they have scoring, right? So scoring and for the strongholds and other. Elder game activities, so.
1: Yeah, and that'll definitely be something that um, <laughs> we'll be having contests, see if we can get groups of people to see how fast they can beat a Scars and Villainy and who can throw up the best scores, so that'll be a lot of fun to do. Well, so, it was
2: funny because everybody was like, oh, they made it, it so easy and everything else, and the developers were like, all right, we'll, we'll see, see you know beat their score. <laughs> Come February, put your money where your mouth is, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, sometimes I think that us as gamers, we understand what's going on when they're showing demos like this. But then you get comments like, oh, that's really easy. It's like, well, they've been practicing this for hours and hours because they know they're going to have to run it over and over and over again. And they're not going to have to die. So, you know, things are tuned down. You know, I imagine they have really high level gear so that they're showing off. I mean, we were able to see the Ranger had a... I know they called it in the AMA, they called it a legendary Pulse Rifle, but they clarified on that, and what, yeah. what's the weapon, actually?
2: It's a Pulse Rocket. So so if you look at the Ranger, uh, the forearm rocket launcher, that's what it comes from. It's a legendary uh, piece of gear. So, that I mean, everything they were using was legendary. And actually, in the video I put out earlier for Episode 2 of, of the breakdown, you can actually see where the Ranger uh, almost dies uh, when they first encounter the... Well, not the first, but after, right after this, the storm uh, calls a lightning storm down onto the scar there, and they fight the first legendary scar. Uh, the ranger's getting, like, s- smoked by the flaming scar. It mm-hmm. almost dies, loses all its shield, and about 90% of its health.
0: <laughs>
1: it's you got to watch out. It's not going to be a walk in the park, so... They did tell us that the flare that the ranger threw into the hole before they jumped down and fought the uh, the giant spider thing was actually an emote. So emote. we are gonna we are gonna have an emote that has that looks like it's actually has a use. So it's gonna be something useful that you can do. Um, looked really seamless at first. We all kind of thought that that might be an ability that you have, but. Nope, it's going to be an emote. So I imagine there's going to be a lot of other things that you'll be able to do. You probably be able to call a helicopter or something to come in and save you. Um, come save me. I talked about free play and being able to explore and do all the exploration that you want. If you do jump into free play, there will still be three people on that server with you, but you don't necessarily have to interact with them. You won't be pulled into their cutscenes or into whatever they're doing. You'll just be able to continue playing the game and exploring and mastering that terrain, so you can fly around and memorize where all the rocks are. So that'll be is really it just cool.
2: three? I thought there was more, or is it just only four players?
1: Well, there should be four. You plus three is four.
2: I know, but I'm saying like, and because they say in, in free play you can go in as a group of four people, but you're not tied to each other, so you can still be in a group but go your separate ways and do whatever you want.
1: No, right, but I'm saying if you go in solo.
2: Okay. I just thought there was going to be more than one group of uh, javelins in the server.
1: Uh, I, I had not know? heard that. I've only heard that four per server, and that's it.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard as well.
1: So one thing that we also learned is we were fighting the Hive Tyrant, and this was kind of an interesting question that I hadn't even thought about yet. They said that larger creatures um, like the Hive Tyrant, like the Titan in order for status effects to actually stick to them, they will need to have more of those effects actually stack. So you Mm can't just shoot one frost grenade onto a Hive Tyrant and expect it to freeze in place. It's gonna be something that you have to do multiple times. While we were watching in the demo, you can see that they're hitting it with uh, the flamethrower for a long period of time before the Hive Tyrant actually catches on fire and has that status effect applied to him. So it's going to be a little bit more strategy instead of, all right, throw the fire grenade and catch it on fire. You're going to actually have to plan, organize that a little bit more if you want those status effects to stick to bigger creatures. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. And then I laughed a little bit when Mark said that um, Anthem was coming to the Xbox 360. So (laughs) it's definitely I don't think it's gonna be able to run on the three sixty, but
2: he's like, Wait, who said that what?
1: (laughs) But I'm sure you know, there's a lot of different Xbox names, so it gets confusing. You got the Xbox One, the S, the X and the Three Sixty and all that other stuff. The
2: marketing deal's locked down tight, right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Very tight. It's like are we putting this on the three sixty? You
2: can't even mention it's on another console Sony.
1: Yeah. So, one of the favorite things that they did confirm for me is that there's not a dab animation or a emote in there yet. So, that's pretty awesome. Yet. No dabbing.
2: Steven, it'll what? be there for you.
1: No, I uh, really hope that's not. So, then we will have <laughs> customizable joint animations. Something that we speculated on earlier. That the, the joint animations for the Rangers that dropped in during that first um, 2017... E3 trailer showed the the Rangers coming in and showing different animations, so that has been confirmed. That'll be something we'll probably be able to purchase with premium currency. We'll be able to unlock in the game as we play the game. So bring on the more animations, the better. I mean, these are the things yeah. that are going to keep the game funded. So if they look cool, if they're fun, people want them. This is what's going to keep that money rolling in for Anthem. JD, do you have any specific joint animations you want to see?
0: I mean, uh, I hate to sound like a stereotypical nerd, but, you know, the, the, the superhero landing is always a classic. Um, or, uh, honestly, I would like to see a joint animation that is just pure failure. Well, pure failure. Like, you just pop in and then just drop to the ground. Like uh, uh, Bruce you know, Banner like jumping like just onto the Bifrost? What was that? Like Bruce Banner jumping onto
1: the Bifrost? Trying to turn into the yeah. Hulk? That would be pretty funny, yeah. actually. I like it. It's a good idea. That'd be great. We'll call it the JD Flop.
0: The JD Flop.
1: So one thing that they did say, that you cannot drive the Strider. Um, Holic yep. is our driver, and he'll be driving it around. It's our forward base, and you use it to fast travel from point to point. So when you do click fast travel... It's kind of insinuated that that is the strider actually traveling to that spot So it sounds like wherever we go on a mission our strider will be with us I don't know how many times we'll actually be flying out of um, Fort Tarsus. Maybe that will be the free play Is we actually fly from the fort or maybe just in that region, so And they did say that there are not a lot of striders in the world. So it's something that's pretty hard to build There's not a lot of them we did see one yeah. get destroyed in the first uh, 2017 E3 trailer. so it's caravans. And now there's one less of them. So sounds like we really need to take care of our striders and protect them. I wonder if we're going to have escort missions, strider escort missions. I mean, that sounds like uh, <clears throat> something that's very feasible with that thing walking around and having to escort it through some wyverns and some scars and stuff. <laughs> so,
2: Protect all... me while I open the store. Hold on.
1: Yeah, we all like those. We all really like those escort missions. So that happens a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. There's going to be a lot of stuff. I mean, everything's handcrafted, right? So, um,
1: someone's got to weld that thing.
2: Yeah, it's all valuable and all needs to be protected. I I was thinking about that (laughs) that how all this stuff is handcrafted, and then that first time you come you come up to the scars, there's like three rangers hanging up there. Yeah. (laughs) Ranger javelins. Like, man, there's a lot of extra ranger parts right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very possible that we've got scavengers. They did talk about they they asked someone asked during the um, during the AMA if you'll be able to get out of your javelin and go into the world, and they mentioned it's like no, you really wouldn't want to do that. Um, like hunters are out there doing that, so maybe there are groups of people that go out, scavenge, try to find these javelin parts that the scars have strung up, and probably use those things to create their their own. Javelins, or repair the ones that they do have. So that'll be. Kind well, of I mean, they th-
2: they said who was a game informer. I think they said when they when they got to play up at Edmonton, they said like one of the side quest missions was to go save a, a sentinel who got in trouble outside of Fort Tarsus. Yep. And um, other people, you know, to go rescue them and, and different things. So.
1: It's a lot of options for a lot of quests to go out there. So world's going to be lived in. Sentinels are probably going to need a lot of help. So. Play nice with Sentinels. They did say that there are four javelins, and I air quote, at launch, and they're not talking about the future. So, most likely, um, I'd, I'd be surprised if they only stuck with four javelins after the game is released and they didn't add anything else. Seems like something that they, they could do to increase the longevity of the game is bring in a whole new class that plays differently, that makes everything, that changes up the gameplay. So, you're not just playing with the same classes over and over again. So.
2: Well, I think it's hard because you're not really a class, right? So I mean, each javelin is different, but they're not locked to a class. You know, I mean, as a pilot, you can play in any of those javelins. Uh, they're they're more specialized, but it's not like you know your colossus has to be a tank or something, something like that. You know, or or the healer. They're not the typical typical classes that we normally have. So that's that's where like when I think about more javelins, it's like, I mean, what are they gonna do? Um, you know, to make it different. Hey, Devin, because you can make your own stuff.
1: I don't want to derail you real quick. Uh, do you have the sound on on Mixer?
2: Mm, I we don't
1: know. We have a couple people saying that they are unable to hear us through Mixer. If we can derail our conversation real quick to <laughs> see if that works. Let's see if that works. JD, you can give me a breakdown of what you think about. All of that, will, all Devin is trying to get that to going.
2: It should be working now. Who's, who's, I don't see any comments on here. Let me refresh this. No, the, uh, the comments
1: all are mostly that, coming all from. Devin uh, is all right, sport. it's back up and working now.
2: Okay. Oh, it says there's zero viewers, so. <laughs>
1: well, they all left because they couldn't hear anything. JD, go ahead. You like continue I can continue your thought.
0: What What was that? You can continue your thought. Ah, uh. Um, I'm sorry, I just totally blanked what well, uh what were we talking about? That's right.
1: I will carry on. We will push Javelins you here. is what
2: we
0: were talking about. We're
1: talking about javelins and the ability for them extra to
0: javelins, more. extra
2: javelins, DLC Different oh, classes. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, they're they they're they're totally gonna add one. Um I I'm I'm sure what we're probably gonna see because they've they've done similar stuff in other games. Uh, and this might be a little cruel, but they might show us, like, let's say that we have a mission in the Fortress of Dawn or something like that. We might see references or blueprints of another javelin, uh, but we may not actually see it until much later. Like, they, I, I would love to see some teasers of future javelins, but, um, yeah, I think, um, I think they're definitely going to add some more in the future, um, i I think it really is going to depend like which one that they go with next is really going to depend on what they see from the players in terms of what play style is emphasized or used more you know like they might say like okay well a lot of the players seem to emphasize this um or a lot of the player feedback that we're getting is saying we really like this javelin but we wish it was we wish there was something more in between um you know the interceptor and the colossus that wasn't as focused on range stuff like as the ranger was you know like um i don't know if any of that's going to be true but um like i'm just giving a hypothetical example you know like maybe um a, a fast moving high armor thing but it has like zero damage dealing capability and, I, I, and I think
1: one thing that they were talking about as they were talking about the way you play and the classification or the role that you you're gonna have they said they didn't really want the javelins that we have now to fill a specific role but that a javelin could be multiple roles depending on your play style depending on what loadout you have they talked about the Colossus that Jen was piloting the red one compared to the white one that Scylla was piloting that the white javelin, or the white colossus is a very up close in your face it has a flamethrower it's got a it had a mortar so something that's going to be right there in your face compared to a more long-range one that that jen was piloting so i think based on weapon loadouts based on the different gear that we have can really change up that style so maybe you do like you said you can get a colossus that that is the sniper stand back covering fire Bringing the pain from far away, compared to you know, maybe someone does have a ranger that's a close quarter combat ranger. Just depending on the weapons that they have, whether they have a shotgun or whether whatever other grenade that they have equipped at the time. So, one thing they also talked about was someone asked about harvesting nodes um, for materials, and they said they you don't really harvest the animals. There are some go out and kill um, the animals quest, but not really go out and harvest the animals so there you can harvest the plants we've seen a lot of the big plants in the videos they look like giant plants that could suck your face off um giant spikes giant venus flytrap looking things so those are going to be nodes that are repeatable hopefully it's you know quick animation i really hate just kind of holding a while you're standing in front of something and then you get a thing that seems kind of boring to me but there will be um they talked about the Gravitz. Um, the little rabbit creatures are named Gravits and they said if you were out of your armor they would still eat you because they're about you know four foot tall and you don't wanna go fighting the grabbits. they're gonna be like the <laughs> the Kukos in the Legend of Zelda if you hit a grabbit too many times they're all gonna swarm and try to attack you so they did say that there will be creatures that won't try to eat you that their behavior is not gonna be hostile and aggressive unless you bug them they said that the oxes are still pretty tough or if you if you antagonize the oxes, they will attack you. There are no domesticated animals on this planet, so if you want like cute little rabbits, probably not going to happen. They'll probably still eat your face off. They're big, and that there are hunters in the world that are out hunting hunting this big these big game. I wonder if they're doing it in javelins. I imagine they're probably doing it in javelins.
2: So, so. yeah, they could have more javelins, right? I mean, obviously the skulls are in javelins. There's we talked about it before the image uh, in the teaser for the actual demo they showed two other javelins that looked exactly the same kind of a ranger type and then obviously the dominion have javelins so
1: yeah and, we're going to have a lot of javelins out there a lot of, a lot of other things a lot going of on so I, I would assume that hunters would want to have a javelin but then they did talk about a bunch of other stuff here um tch, tch. Let me see. I just lost my pace. They said there's no penalty for dying right now. They're still kind of playing with that. But if you die, you can have a teammate revive you or you can respawn and there will be checkpoints where that you'll respawn at. So they said they did have a death penalty at one time and it was just kind of not fun to have a penalty. So I'm glad that they aren't doing that. And then, currently, your the current javelin that you're using will be displayed in the strider, but they have confirmed that you'll be able to swap between the four strider, the four javelins in your strider, but the one that you're using will be displayed up front. So they did say also that there are creatures bigger than the Ash Titan that we saw, um, which is interesting because that thing was pretty big. So we're going to have mm. things that are a lot, a lot larger. Um, what else did we have here, Devin? So... Um, The game is comfortably large someone asked about the size of the game if it if it's gonna feel too cramped if it's gonna be wide open How big is it compared to other games? And really Jonathan wanted to point out that it's really hard to think of this game as you know acreage wise, but we really need to think of it volume wise because of the verticality the ability to fly everywhere the ability to swim It changes that from you know, I can walk from here to that mountain to well I can go underground in the water under this mountain or i can fly over the mountain so it really changes that dynamic of how we think of oh this map is really big because it's two times bigger than this you know assassin's creed 2 is four times bigger than assassin's creed 1 yeah. but they said well, it's- i mean and,
2: yeah go ahead. well i mean they, they confirmed you know there's a boundary obviously to the map but uh, you know flying too high is going to cause cause you issues you know Cause you're not going to be able to sustain that flight, so that's going to kind of push you back down to towards where you should be. But they said you can go pretty, you know, and anywhere you see. Uh, I mean, we've heard this before, but anywhere you see, yep. you can go. And at least <laughs> in this game, it seems like you know, anywhere we see, we can go. And uh, but if you go out of bounds, it'll, it'll teleport you back. They said. And uh, what was it? So besides going out of bounds on the map and going into a couple bottomless pits that are in there in the game. Uh, everywhere else uh, on the map and in the world that you can see, you can go to. And so, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and if you go too high, it'll just kind of push you down like there's a strong wind forcing you down. I mean, you can yep. fly in the air, but who wants to fly in yep. the air forever, honestly? They did also talk about, but not really talk about, that the Interceptor and the Storm might have swords as melee weapons. I mean, from the concept art that they have been showing of the Interceptor on the... Um, on the character select, not the character select, but the matchmaking screen. I mean, that yep. concept art shows the Interceptor has a little short sword. So it's very possible that the Storm also has a sword as a melee weapon, which would be pretty awesome, especially if it's just made out of energy. So bring on the sword. I mean, that's what the
2: one looks like for the uh, Interceptor. It just looks like an ener- energy blade.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, and then out. I was talking with some people on, uh, on Discord and... It it was pretty much a consensus of it'd be really wicked if the storm had like a kind of like mage blade, like kind of like a long sword or something, because that'd be that that would add to that aesthetic pretty well.
1: It'd be pretty dope. And then you'd immediately get stepped on by the Ash Titan, Devin, if you try to use that sword on the Ash Titan.
0: (laughs) I'd hit it and run, man. (laughs) Fair
1: enough. So they did talk about rarity tiers, and they are going to use the um, I think it's the most commonly adapted rarity tiers um, used by Blizzard. We have common, uncommon, rare, epic, legendary, and then they call the the last tier masterwork. But they said that the last two names were kind of in flux. They're probably going to add their own spin to it instead of legendary and masterworks. Um, so I mean that'll probably change, but it's still going to be you know white, green, blue and the the color combination. I think that's universally accepted across all games. Purple. Because if they mix that up, yeah, it'd be very frustrating. So.
2: And then well, I did- think, you know, for me, I like Masterwork. They, we've had a discussion about this on Reddit and other places where uh, they're like, oh, I don't want it to be Masterwork. I want it to be ancient or whatever. And, and they're like, oh, well, because the other games we don't like have the word Masterwork in there for the highest tier or whatever. but. Tier. I was like, well, if you think about it, like everything in this in this world, right? So it's they're all handmade, right? So if you're seeing these javelins, there's obviously people who dedicate their entire lives like blacksmiths or masters, basically, of creating these javelins. And so when you obtain that highest level, it is a masterwork piece of gear, right? And so to me, that makes a lot of sense to keep it as masterwork to be the highest tier uh, in the game. Because, I mean, if it's just ancient, it just sounds like it's old, right? So... Whereas masterwork is like, all right, these people who've been building javelins for a hundred years, and they're masters at their craft, uh, they've built pieces or whatever, and maybe even some of the legion of javelin stuff can be some masterwork stuff. I don't know, but I just uh, think that it that it works good for me. I,
0: I, I think I, I think it kind of depends on the on the lore a little bit because, like, if. Like, the first people who made the javelins were, like, the Legion of Dawn, and, you know, like they say that freelancers aren't necessarily what they used to be. Like, Mm -hmm. it could be that, like, some of our more advanced, like, techniques for building javelins may have been lost uh, a certain amount of time ago. So, in that case, ancient could make sense. But if that's not the case in the lore, then I would would agree that Masterwork is the better name.
2: Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's like 50 years ancient, you know? I mean, if the javelins have only been around for 100 years... Right? They kind of talked about it only being 100 years. So ancient to me is like more than 100 years.
1: Yeah, and as Ru- as Rusted points <laughs> out in the, in the mixer chat, that it's very interesting that I would think that we would find these masterwork javelins out in the wild at some point if there was a Legion of Dawn um, pilot freelancer that went out fell in battle we would end up finding their javelin somewhere and it would probably be a high tier javelin i'm guessing that we would i don't know if you can like loot an entire javelin or if you just loot weapons or parts of it but i would imagine that there would be those found out in the wild i mean is and i really like the imagery is as we talked about you know general helena Tarsus like even in our own mythos we have you know famous people like you know king arthur that you know people that fell in battle that you would want to go recover items that they had to use them because they are legendary items so i would imagine we'd be able to find things like that out in the world also and that just kind of adds to the lore adds to you know wanting to go out explore and find these things that have been lost by others that went out before you so and then we do know that there will be co-op scoring on stronghold and elder game activities um that they aren't talking about yet so this will be i think this is going to be one of the things that it doesn't really replace pvp but it will satisfy those that are looking for that competitiveness um, yeah, the competition. they talked about having leaderboards so if they have leaderboards and that's something that you're seeing all the time it's almost like time trials in another game which is like all right this person you know they got 200 points more than I did, how can we do how can we do this quicker how can we do it faster more efficiently in order to move up on the leaderboards so I think that scoreboard is gonna take place <laughs> and of that p v p area
2: <clears throat> oh yeah, and I think it'd be cool if it you know interacts with guilds and other things where it's like all right these people in your guild have the highest clear you know the fastest clear time or the most points for this stronghold you know and uh so I think it'd be interesting it'll definitely add. Competition for between pe- their people and their friends, and and definitely something for a guild. Depending on how big the guild is, you know. I mean, if it's only a hundred players, that's gonna suck. But
1: uh, I guess you just now you know. be selective of who you. I mean, a hundred people is a lot of people. I don't know if I've ever.
2: Well, was there I mean, it is wasn't... Digital, right? I mean, it's a hundred people well, in Destiny, and that that clans fill up like super fast. Well
1: the clans.
0: Wasn't dude, there something in uh, in the twenty seventeen Anthem reveal of like player of the week or like freelancer of yeah. the week? There was an ally yeah, was of like, the week that was in the ally middle of, of Tarsus. Uh, yeah. but like, yeah. uh, like now that we know that, like do you, you guys think that that's uh, that's gonna play into the scoreboard stuff definitely or
1: Um I don't know. I mean that I don't know how that's gonna play in. I mean I know they said that they're gonna talk about the social stuff later, they're gonna talk about guilds later. But as far as an ally of the week. See, I don't know how that would work. Is if Does it only show people that are online at that time? Does it only, does it show people that you played with previously? Is it going to just give you their scores and you know what they accomplished that week? I don't know exactly how that's going to play in now that it's, I
2: don't well, know. And so much has changed, right? I mean, the user interface is different. We learned today that, you know, the, the ultimate from the ranger has changed and wasn't, the, it's not the same as it was uh, back in 2017 and just i mean a lot changes in the game in a year you know
1: yeah and i think Eight months to go and yeah and i think is if thinking about leaderboards you know well if you go with four people is it going to show the four people that you went in with or is it just going to show the tag of your guild because i i imagine like a hundred a hundred person guild you're never going to play with all those hundred people. So maybe it is okay that yeah. you just have a small group of people that you actually run these things with trying to get the highest score. So we'll have to see. There'll be a lot. Of, it'll be interesting. And then
2: I hope it, it does a better breakdown, like per person who kills more, you know, cause Stephen and I will always argue about those things. And it's true. Like, I Look mean, at this right.
1: If you can see the top 20 people for the week or for the year, if you could filter it out that way. So you can see, you know, what they did, I mean, I don't know if it would show you their loadouts because that would kind of say, oh, they did this with this loadout. That would just kind of force people to use the same weapons because a lot of people wouldn't try to figure out, you know, their own way of doing it. They just see, oh, the top yeah. people use these weapons. Those are the weapons we need to use. But if you could break nice. it down and see how many kills, Diablo, how many right? deaths, Diablo, what?
2: Well, I mean, that's what people do for Diablo, right? They go to the seasons to see, all right, this person's cleared this rift or whatever with this gear, and you can check out their stuff. I mean, there's no guarantee that you're ever going to get their same gear with their same stats, especially with the random rolls and their infusions and everything else they're doing. It's like, okay, they're doing this. That's something we can shoot towards, trying to get that gear. And But, you know, by the time you get that, maybe they've introduced other things where that gear isn't as great anymore or there's something better.
1: And so. and that's one of the things I don't like about Diablo is okay mm-hmm. because if you if you're on the seasons and you're going for that leaderboard, that's all you're doing. And if you're not there yeah. th- from the ground level, I mean it's pretty hard to catch up once you get behind a little bit on the leaderboards in Diablo. And if you're yeah, not well, I mean, if you don't have as good luck, then you're never going to catch up for that season maybe. Yeah.
2: Well, and those people that are on those leaderboards, I mean, they play a crap ton of that game, you know, and that's all they ever play. And they put, you know, thousands and thousands of hours <laughs> into it. And they know everything, all the tricks, everything else. You know, it's been around for a couple of years. But for me, like, you know, whenever I play the seasons now, it's it's always like, okay, well, that's the best gear, but I I never get that set, you know, or I try to get close to it, and, or i will just be like, well, I don't really like how that works. They're like, oh, well, you're not gonna clear a or whatever. And it's like, well, I don't I don't really care. You know, it's like right. I just want to play and have fun, and and uh, so I think if you have, a, I mean, they could need to have a place for those who are super into it, super committed all the time, but also at the same time maybe give give an idea for other people. Maybe you're having a really hard time. Check out what your friends are using or whatever. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and I'm guessing there'll be tons of online, you know, places you can go to find that. That hey, this works really good. This is how you take these enemies down pretty fast. So it'll be fun i think it'll be i think it'll help a lot having those leaderboards having invisible to everyone when you go in to see global leaderboards friend leaderboards i know that's one thing that uh, microsoft interface does really well is it shows you stats from your friends the games that you've played so if you're playing diablo 3 it shows how many elites you've killed compared to your friends it yeah. shows how many times you've died compared to your friends how much gold you've collected and those are the kind of things that drive you to okay You know, I only need to kill two hundred more than this guy to be on top. So you go and do that. So it drives that competitiveness. So they did mention
2: competitive.
1: No, I'm not competitive at all. They did mention really. Oh, JD. Oh. Oh, it all depends on whether or not you make me angry. That's a weird qualifier for being competitive.
0: Oh yeah, I, I have no, I have no interest in competition unless it's somebody. Well, unless it's showing up somebody who made me mad. So. Okay.
1: (laughs) So they did confirm random rolls on weapons, so that'll make it so, hey, you know, you got this really good one, but one could be better. So that always pushes you to drive to get more. They said Mm -hmm. loot will also, if you miss loot, if it falls down a hole or if you just missed it while all those combo numbers were going off in your face, that it will go to a mailbox system at the fort that you'll have to go back and collect. They also made it sound like as you collect loot, you're going to have to take it to either your strider or the fort for for it to be identified, so it's not yeah. going to happen yeah. in the field. I mean, that happened, it happened with the legendary, it happened last year when she got Jaro's Wrath. That thing identified itself, so it sounds like maybe that's not going to happen anymore.
2: Yeah, um, no, Mark answered that on Twitter today. He confirmed that's no longer the case, it's not in the game anymore where it, it identifies itself out in the field, so you have to take answers, it back.
1: He answers way too many questions on Twitter. I can't keep up with the amount of questions <laughs> yeah. he's answering on. But, Twitter, I mean,
2: they, so. they said that's why you'll be going back to you know doing quick trips back to the Strato or to Fort Tarsus. So
1: hopefully, we hopefully it's not going to be like oh I ran out of space now I have to go back because man running out of space that's the worst yeah. thing ever. So hopefully our space, right? hopefully our javelins can hold a bunch of space. <laughs> So they also, someone asked about cloaking, and they very specifically said we're not talking about the Interceptor and Storm at this time. So I'm guessing there's going to be a form of cloaking in the game, but they're not talking about it yet. So JD, I see you wrote down a couple things. Did you want to touch on some things that you noticed here that you wanted to touch um, on before we head out?
0: Yeah, uh, I'll I'll get through them real quick. Um, So Mark Dara or John Warner, I can't remember which one said it specifically, but they did mention Javelin loadouts. Um, However, they didn't say a, they didn't set a total number of loadouts, you know, like maybe like three per Javelin. Like they didn't say anything like that, just that there would be Javelin loadouts. Um, Somebody asked about if there would be like any Dead Space skins or any Titanfall skins. Uh, like uh, like uh, references to other EA games or other Bioware games uh, in the lore of uh, Anthem, and they said there's no official crossovers with any other game in their any of their canon lore. However, there are little there might be fun little references like the N7 skin from Mass Effect uh, for the uh, for the Ranger javelin or whatever, um, and they might do other things like that. Um, I mean, their future. skins.
1: It looks like they were just having fun with the skins and throwing anything on there that they wanted to. They had, yeah. they had a couple that looked like superheroes. They had one that looked like uh, it had the color scheme from Evangelion. So, I mean, that's it. Looks like that's the space where they're just going to play and go wild with all this stuff, right?
0: Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to that because uh, I know, I know myself and a few other people that are like fans of Mecha, uh, Mecha anime or Mecha fiction. Lots of reference, well, small little references that you can make with skins in there. Um, The other thing that they talked about was that that there were uh, pilot skill trees. That uh, the pilot skill tree is what allows you to fly longer or breathe underwater longer. Uh, But they didn't really say much more than that, or if the javelins would have similar skill trees. Um, Somebody on Twitter um, verified that Nick Terabay is playing Halleck um i tweeted at him uh the same day as the am and uh you know he's he seems like a nice guy he'd he like to tweet and i think he tweeted back or something uh and then they said the the official melee weapon for the ranger is a shock mace so right. or at least that's what they're that's what they're calling it so
1: that's what it looked like I- when
0: we saw it in the trailer yeah.
2: I like when they talked about the Javelin loadouts, right? Because I mean, if you think about it, I mean, depending on how they do, it's like, okay, maybe we're, we're running through a mission or whatever, and our current loadout isn't, isn't working. But maybe we found weapons, you know, and different things that we've infused them that work with maybe fire or have different, you know, status effects. And so... Like oh, instead of having to go back and swap out all your gear, just like in Diablo, you can just go and, and change your loadout to the ones that you've saved with all the gear and, and all the stats and everything that you like. So, uh, I think that'll be interesting, depending on how they how they work it out. So,
1: yep, there's a lot of new information coming out. They covered a lot of stuff in the in the in the AMA that they did. I think they went through the video a couple times. They answered yes you can turn the floaty damage off multiple times during this thing but i think as far as as far as today i mean that's unless there's anything else we wanted to cover i think that's pretty much it for all of our notes that everything we wrote down i know they did say the next time that they're going to talk to us they're going to talk about storytelling i don't know when that's going to be they haven't really mentioned that they talked about storytelling they talked about maybe them talking to us about the music of anthem and having a blog post on that and giving us some downloadable goodies So that'll be a lot of fun. They'll probably do that right after we're done recording because for some reason they like (laughs) doing that to us. We might have to change the day that we record so we can get all that information in the week.
2: Yeah, well, they've been publishing what, on Thursdays?
1: It's time to make a change. I can't do that. can't commit to that right now. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, they heard that we put out the episodes on uh wednesday nights and they just like now we got to put it out they got to put out new info after they mm. record the
2: episode thursday mornings we put out new info i'm gonna laugh tomorrow with it put
0: it out tomorrow it. Oh, yes. that's totally what's gonna happen why you gotta
2: I do a
1: it, it well guys if there's nothing else um we yeah. appreciate you hanging out with us listening to episode 45 of the freelancer codex podcast the longest running podcast anthem podcast on the internet Um, for me, Devin, JD, and Mike, who is out, um, there's a shaper storm on the horizon and we'll see you on the other side. Catch you later. I guess I should tell everyone where they can find us, right? oh yeah All right, here we go and do this breakdown here you can go to freelancercodex.com that's where we have a countdown to when Anthem is going to release so if you want up to the second information on when that's going to happen go to freelancer.com you can find us at facebook.com slash freelancer.com you can tweet at us at freelancer.com you can email us at freelancercodex at gmail.com if you have Comments, questions, concerns, all that fun stuff. If you want to throw us a dollar for the, if you get entertainment out of what we do, you can go to Patreon.com/slash FreelancerCodex and you can throw a buck our way, and maybe someday we'll spend it. I guess. Until next time, guys. There's a shaper storm coming. We'll see you on the other side. Later. I think you already did Bye bye. That, right? Did that twice. Got to do it twice, just in case we missed it the first time.
2: And it's FreelancerCodex.com. Like What'd I say? Freelancer.com. Multiple
1: Whatever. <laughs> <You did>. Whatever.
2: 40. <laughs> 40-